This is Roger with The Truth Radio, and we're sending Bibles to the world. Here's Michael with the Bible League. She didn't grow bitter. She grew bold. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and when I visited the Middle East, I met 19-year-old Aria, who would describe herself as a devout Muslim. She said, I read my Quran. I said my prayers five times a day, but when they brought no peace, she accepted the invitation of a Christian friend to attend a Bible study. She would become a follower of Jesus, but her father, a radicalized man, beat her nearly to death called the authorities to report her as an infidel. They took her to a remote cell where they beat her, violated her, even pulled fingernails from either hand. But when they let her go, she did not grow bitter. She grew bold with others in her evangelical church there in Egypt. They have seen more than 300 come to Christ, but they're in a place where it's impossible to find a Bible. Roger? $5 cents a Bible, 100 cents 20. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-Y-E-S-W-O-R-D, or click the Bible League banner at ilovethetruth.com. Virtual sequence time. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Commit liftoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to SWAT Radio here on Monday, November 13th. We are coming to you live from our Salem Center Studios here in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm David Grace sitting in today, I guess officially, for Doug McCary. And with me again, as he was on Friday, is a SWAT member and brother and friend, Craig Henderson. Craig, good to have you back. Hey, great to spend Monday with you, David. I'm glad to be back and privileged to be able to be a part of the radio program. Yeah, we were better. We were in better moods on Friday. It was the end of the week. Now, now we're here again on Monday. No, that's not true. We're, we're fine. You know, people, I, I've, I've said to my kids, and you, maybe you've said the same thing to yours. When I was younger and, you know, it was the start of a work week and, you know, you really did feel it. I felt that, oh, it's Monday. and But now at 60-something years old, the the – Time goes by so fast. I don't even really think about what day of the week. Yeah, (laughs) except to check my calendar and see what I have going on that day and what I have to do. But uh, the time goes by so fast. I don't worry about. Oh, it's Monday. These weeks go by in the blink of an eye, don't they? Uh, they do. They do. And it's uh, you know, sometimes that's really good, and sometimes you're right. It's like, oh wow, where did it? How did it go? I mean, we're at the middle of November right now. I know. Thanksgiving is next week. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, 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 I joked with you, and I've said it on the air. I've been here for a long time now, for 25 years. But the first few years I moved, I was here after moving from Massachusetts, I, I was just amazed when it would all of a sudden be Halloween and, and then Thanksgiving because in the Northeast, the weather just dictates – your kind of awareness of where we are on the calendar so much. And here, now I've learned the subtle, the more subtle changes in the weather, but essentially it's kind of the same right up until <laughs> Halloween or, or Thanksgiving. So, but I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not complaining about the weather here. That's for sure. So anyway, how was your weekend? My weekend was great. Good. It was great. We actually went to the wedding of a daughter of a longtime friend on uh Saturday evening that was it was a lot of fun and uh, so it was uh, good to get together with them and actually it's kind of interesting I went to went to a baby shower of uh, a young lady that's a a server at a local restaurant that I've been going to for a while and and, uh, she was overwhelmed by the number of people and a lot of most of them customers who have known her 
Isn't that great? They, pl- they threw a, a shower for her, and uh, she comes in, and she's, I mean, she's almost in tears by all wow. the people that, and she's a wonderful person. It's just been been nice to get to know her and the but most of the, a lot of the people that were there are primarily know her through their, through she's, ser- a, she's, she's a the server, server and your right. customers. And Exa- that's great. Exactly oh, right. That's great. Yeah. Wow. That bet that doesn't happen very often in terms of that level of relationship. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great little family place. And you know, they, they sort of let it be known mm. when she got pregnant, she's due next month that they were going to have a, they're going to host a little event and let people know about it. And, uh, it was full of customers, really. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, that reminds me, and Doug talks about this a lot, and, and, and I'm sure you've done this, and I don't do it enough, but, you know, having a server wait on you at a table is a great opportunity to oh, yeah. ask them, can you, can you pray for anything? We're going we're gonna to ask God to bless the food. Can we pray for anything for you? And, and like Doug always said, and I would say this from my experience too it's very rare that somebody would say they don't want you to pray for them no no they might not know what to say sometimes they get a little tongue-tied but but most times people really are are fine with that yeah and actually it's a nice little establishment we go to dinner there after we do the tuesday night city rescue men's uh bible study and so and we do ask ask the servers for that we if we can Mm -hmm. how we can pray for them and stuff and it's been really nice that's great well, yeah. you mentioned City Rescue Mission, and I know that you have your regular meetings um, on that on Tuesday nights. Yes. You've talked about this before, but no matter what time of year it is, it's appropriate to talk about City Rescue Mission. Uh, but but certainly at this time of year with the holidays coming and uh, the needs that are there, and we know that forget about you know any, any organization like City Rescue Mission, sometimes the holidays are just tough for people in general, no matter what your situation is in life. But- with that said, talk a little bit about City Rescue and just kind of how that study came about down there and, 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 and what the organization does for, for people. Well, I'll, I'll probably talk about the organization first. I mean, that it is a, it's, it's an opportunity to, uh, for anybody who is in distress, uh, either homeless, uh, in addiction, um, you know, just ha- and those are probably the primarily two areas that people come in and it offers shelter food, um, opportunities to, um, for transformation in their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when you're in addiction, they're all, everybody's in different places, you know, uh, some of it could be, you know, through, um, habitual problems. Some of it could be through something where you've just, it's a, it's a kind of just been overcome by situations of life. And so they offer a variety of different, um, equipping opportunities for people. You know, that's, it's, it's called trauma informed care, mm. which really tries to deal with the person where they are. It's not one size fits all because right. we're all different. Yes. Um, but for people that enter the program, there's no cost to them. It's all supported by donations. Mm. Um, and so, uh, programs like life builders are generally about an 18 month program, uh, where they go through learning what it means to have a, a live live sober clean also that that involves a transformation of your heart into a relationship with jesus christ uh which is the only thing ultimately that's really that's exactly right yeah might might people recover from a an addiction and not come to faith sure that happens right we know that happens but ultimately real change as we know right uh from any of our from any of our sinful, we're all sinful, right. right? And we all struggle with different things. And 
ultimately, you know, it's it's Jesus that has to change our hearts and heal and give us new hearts. Right. And the fact that they're basing their program on that premise is is wonderful. Well, it's it's it is it's it is life changing and. You know, they reach out in times like this. You know, the holidays are always a tough time for people. Absolutely. And so they yeah. they did they did an outreach in the community near where they are off McDuff Avenue and I-10 uh, last weekend where they brought um, uh, to kids and families uh, backpacks with supplies in them, clothes, things like that. Mm. Uh, they're doing a, they do a Thanksgiving dinner yep. uh, down on State Street, which is their, their, their entry point. And they've got one planned for uh, Christmas, and I'm I'm trying to see if I can get Doug to be able to speak there. He's interested. I'm mm. just seeing if they don't have a speaker yet. Uh, Doug will be maybe. Doug's speaking usually kind of shy about speaking like that, so I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you'll be able to get him. But <laughs> we kid because we love him. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So hopefully that'll work out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I know you guys that you 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 and Mark and couple other guys that I know do a, a regular weekly study down there. And I know that started off as kind of a, a planned, you know, uh, temporary thing, if you will. And, uh, God had other ideas, didn't he? Uh, that's the truth. Yeah. We were, uh, man, it's, it may be six years ago now, five and a half years ago that we went down there. We were doing a, a study at our church, uh, early in, on Monday mornings, uh, called man alive. It's a Patrick Morley mm-hmm. study. And so we thought, okay, we can go do it at our church on Monday morning and probably smart enough to remember it for Thursday night. And we'll do it eight weeks down at city rescue mission for guys that want to come, just trying to give them a sort of a non-staff outlet to get mm-hmm. together, build community, create some accountability. We did that for eight weeks and finished up at the end of that time and told them we'd be back, you know, uh, at the end of the summer or whatever. And, and all those faces looked back at us and they said, like, you're, you're not coming back next week. This is it. And, uh, and we just couldn't say no. Sure. So, so that was, uh, like five and a half years ago. Uh, and, it's uh, been five and a half years. I think so. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And of course you and I are both, um, involved in and, uh, familiar with a ministry called the great banquet that we have, uh, has been near and dear to our hearts. And, uh, and, a, and a lot of guys from city rescue mission have, it's actually attended yeah. and I think benefited from that. Oh and, yeah. And, um, they're always my, my sense anytime I'm there at a weekend when there's guys from city rescue, they're just so, um, they might start off a little warily as so many guests sure. do because oh, yeah. they don't yeah. know what to expect, but they are so thankful and so grateful. They're, they're in general full of gratitude for, um, the help that they're getting and, and, and the relationship you know, a lot of them that with Jesus that they're experiencing and, and just, um, it, it's, it's very refreshing and encouraging to have them there and to see their joy. Yeah. It's joy it, it in does. a lot of them. And, yeah. and it is one of those things that as they, as the process has continued through the years that for guys that are in say life builders program, that is one of the things that they, it sort of helps keep them on track is the opportunity to do that mm-hmm. while, while they still, you get there and you're unsure, but if they hear from, from colleagues and other, other guys, other guests at the city rescue mission about going and what it's like and their experience, they get very excited and, um, to be able to go. And actually what's kind of been fun is, um, uh, you may know uh, one of the, one of the guys that, uh, you know, uh, Frank Talbot. Uh, has been going to Trinity Rescue Mission, mm-hmm. and there are guys from there that are now coming as, as uh, through that program. Mm-hmm. 
that are coming to, to the, the weekends. To the, yes. the edge of the yes. weekend. Yeah, yeah, I did know that. I yeah. did know that. And that was uh, true of the last one I was involved yeah. with, which was last spring, I guess. Uh, yeah. I, speaking of time going by fast, right? Um, well, that's great. And uh, and I know you have that study tomorrow night. And uh, so, folks, if you're listening, Craig, they <laughs> CRM has a website. People can check it out if they want to. And if you're so led um, you know, helping them out with a donation or, and we're not, we're not, you know, we're not pressuring anyone. We just want to make the information available, but it is such a worthwhile cause and a, a Christian based, a Bible believing and teaching based organization and something that's really doing a lot of good. Yeah. If you want to, if there's a, somebody wants to volunteer there, you can go to, I think crmjacks.org mm-hmm. is the, um, is the website or, uh, you know, uh, look it up and call down there. They'll have volunteer opportunities for people. Uh, if you want to just serve meals and, and things like that, we have a lot of organizations that show up and will serve evening dinner or things like that. That's, uh, just, it's, it's great to be able to give back. Mm-hmm. Um, switching gears a little bit. Thank you for all that information. But, uh, you know, we, uh, we were talking before we came on the air, you know, we are in the throes of college and NFL football and, Speaking of addictions, right? <laughs> Boy, uh, all the all the 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 uh, stuff that goes into watching and uh, NFL and, and college football. I I was joking with some friends. I played golf yesterday afternoon. I said this is the first year in twenty three years or so that I don't care about missing a Patriots game. Uh, they are not Ooh. very good this year. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are very happy to see that. Um, and uh, and I get that. I get that. But anyway, you and I were talking. There's a great article uh, that we found as we were just perusing some things going on in the culture and in the world about C.J. Stroud, who's the rookie quarterback of the Texans, a, a team that yeah. beat Ooh. the Jaguars oh, here badly. pretty handily early in the season. Yeah. And, uh, but um, you know, the article kind of talking about how he stays grounded in, amongst all this sudden fame and talk about him being – rookie of the year and, and and having the kind of season he has and being the kind of leader that he is. And, and his response in this article anyway, to that was, he says, for me, it's about, it's a lot of prayer, a lot of knowing that God wouldn't put anything on me that I can't handle. Well, sometimes I would only maybe only disagree with that. Sometimes (laughs) God does put things on us that we can't handle, but God can handle it. And that's the way, one of the ways he makes us dependent on him but right. i think that's what what stroud means here that he can handle it in his relationship with god i don't deserve his grace and his mercy but he still gives it to me and i love him for that it's not about me it's about him and his glory so i think that's where my leadership skills come from i think god made me like that boy what a refreshing comment uh comments to hear um from an athlete where we hear so much about the me, me, me. Right. Uh, from athletes. Absolutely right. Yeah. That's, uh, that is so encouraging uh, for somebody who is doing as well in his rookie year and getting the kind of notoriety he's getting. Because a lot of people are, like you say, uh, he's he's doing very well and, and rookie of the year may very well be in his offense. That's right. Well, we're going to take our first break on SWAT Radio. We're going to come back and get back into our study in the Gospel of Mark. And we will be right back after this break on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word 
and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Fernandina Beach at SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Craig Henderson. Glad you are with us on this Monday afternoon, uh, November 13th. Craig and I were uh, giving our the usual uh, old guy astonishment. <laughs> Craig's going to say, speak for yourself. But the usual guy our age, I should say, uh, astonishment over how fast the time goes by. And there we go. We've got Christmas intro music now. Wow. And uh, yeah. we are light. We're seeing lights now. It really, this is a change from when you and I were younger, too. We're going right from Halloween decorations and lights, right? And people, man, do they go overboard with the Halloween decorations and the lights yes, these days. Yes, yes. But true. we're seeing, I'm seeing houses switch right over from Halloween Christmas. lights to Christmas lights, like almost the next day. We were going somewhere, I think it was on Friday night, and we're driving, it's dark, you know, and my wife's pointing out places with yard lights. And then she looks at a house and the inside is already decorated inside the house. And she's like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess there's no, there's no rule against that. And people like lights and, uh, Hey, if it calls attention to Christmas and gives an opportunity for people to look at Jesus, then I guess we should be all for it. But, uh, yeah. Amen. You know, so I'm just amazed though at, uh, I remember one year when I was a kid, my, my parents thought this was so funny. I think I was only 10, 11, 12 years old, and we got done with Thanksgiving dinner, and everybody was kind of sitting back in that post-dinner stupor, oh, right? Yeah. And I said something like, all right, let's put up the tree. <laughs> <laughs> and they got the biggest kick out of that because it was still too early at that point to put up the tree. And now, forget about right after Thanksgiving, people are putting oh, things up right be... after Halloween. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, as we said before the break, we are in the Gospel of Mark here in our weekly SWAT Bible studies and, and following uh, that pattern here on the radio program. Uh, we're in Mark chapter 1, and the last few weeks prior to last week, or the couple of weeks prior to last week, Doug had kicked off uh, a, 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 a three-part, if you will, series in chapter 1, verses 14 to 20, that deals with the kingdom of God or the kingdom gospel. And um, talking about, uh, and, and then before I get to that, we took a break last week 
uh, given the, the events going on in the Middle East and in Israel for Doug to kind of talk about it. We talked about it in SWAT and on the radio. Uh, Doug gave some great teaching on why Israel is so important and um, what, what the Bible, what the Lord says about the nation of Israel and the land itself. And so we took a, uh, took a week to, to talk about those things on the radio, and now we're getting back into kind of the third part of that three-part segment on the kingdom gospel um, with the first two parts being, if you, you know, some of you may recall, if you were listening this summer, we, we kind of talked about, read and talked about a book called The Discipleship Gospel or The Kingdom Gospel. And a lot of that, uh, the author's um, uh, comments in that book and study in that book comes from this passage in Mark, uh, chapter 1, verses 14 to 20, and then also from Mark 8, and then again from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 looking at what does Jesus himself say about the gospel. And, you know, we talked about that this summer, and uh, and they were, I'll just go through this quickly by way of reminder, and then I think these things will flush out as we as we talk, Craig. But the, the, the author contends that there should be, when we do a gospel presentation, there should always be these seven essential elements. And four are kind of declarative-type statements, and three are, imperative statements or commands. And the four declarative statements, the first one is right in this passage that that you're going to read in a moment, where Mm -hmm. Jesus says, the kingdom of God is at hand. So that's the first kind of statement about the gospel that that Jesus gives. And then uh, the other three declarative statements are found later on in chapter 8 and then in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ, and it says, so we know the second statement is that Jesus is the king of God's kingdom. And then the third statement or declarative statement is that, that Jesus would die, would suffer and die for our sins, uh, which again is found in Mark 8 and, and uh, where he talks about that after Peter makes the confession of Jesus as Messiah. And then uh, again, Paul re- reiterates it in, in 1 Corinthians 15. And then finally, that Jesus would be raised from the dead, showing that he is who he says he is, right. and, and also showing that his sacrifice for our sins was final and acceptable uh, to the Father. And so those are the four declarative statements. And then the three imperatives are found right here in this chapter, in, in Mark chapter 1, verses uh, 14 uh, through 20, where Jesus says to repent of sin believe in the gospel or believe in him and follow him. And Craig, uh, Craig taught on uh, following that component. So we've been looking at those three components before taking that break. Last week we looked at what does it mean to repent? What does it mean to believe? We took the break for the week to look at Israel. And then Craig, uh, I know you taught uh, in our group anyway, and Doug taught in the other groups this week on, or last week on what does it mean to follow Jesus? So Wanted to give that little bit of background before we get into it by way of review. And, and Craig, why don't you read, if you don't mind, I'll be quiet here for a minute. Uh, why don't you read Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 20, and we'll continue our conversation. All right, here is the, the word of God, for, starting in verse 14. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing along the Sea of Galilee, 
he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called to them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Thanks. May God bless the reading of his word. And and so um, one of the things that I don't, you know, before we get into this over the summer and then in this teaching that Doug started in the fall, I'm not sure I was ever really aware or thought about the fact that we, we know for sure that this is a quote-unquote gospel passage because Mark writes, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel. Right. And then he lists right after that what specifically he said. So I think that's really important that we know when we talk about the gospel, that, and we've talked about this many times, about how that phrase, that term gets bandied about or bantied about a lot, right? And there's, if you asked different believers, well, what's the gospel? You might get a lot of different answers. Yes, yes. But here we can know for sure that this is, that these are elements of the gospel because it says Jesus went around, came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel. Yeah, and, you know, Doug used, I think he talked from our, the first part, the, the term euangelion, which is the proclamation of, which is the, you know, it's it's only the people of the time who this was written to in Rome would have understand understood what euangelion means. Right. It's like somebody who stands, you know, in the town square and announces the coming of the king or winning a great battle right. or the birth of a leader. Mm. You know, right. in their time, it would have been the czars, I mean, the, the Caesars. But, I mean, you know, that's the kind of thing that was happening here when it was the proclamation of what's about what's happening. Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you for bringing that back up. And, and that that the people of the time would have understood, like you said, that when that euangelion term was used, they needed to pay attention. Yeah. Because it involved them being subjects <laughs> and under the reign and rule of a king. And and that's a good segue into that first element of what Jesus said about the gospel. And this is, again, very interesting that the first thing he said is not, I'm the Messiah, at least according to what Mark wrote here. Right. He didn't say that. He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is here. Right. And so how often, as the authors of the book we looked at this summer said, and as Doug has said, how often do we in our gospel presentation, includes something about the kingdom of God. Probably not that often. I'm guilty of not doing that. Certainly certainly not anything that I was, when I was trained with different ways of presenting the gospel, that was not in it at all. That's right. That's right. And it's in, well, it's important, first of all, because it's here in scripture. Right. And Jesus said it. But secondly, it's that God is, God never stopped reigning, right? We know that God is sovereign. He's in control of all things. And, and as, I, as we like to say, this is probably a discussion for another program, but when Satan rebelled and Satan fell and took a third of the angels with him, and, you know, we don't fully understand that, but God, it doesn't mean that God was not 
ruling or reigning and in complete control. He, he was right. and he is. Um, but he allowed, certainly for a time, to say, for Satan and his minions, his, his demons, to have certain influence over the world, right? Sin came into oh, the world. and Absolutely. And, um, and we know that the devil is called in Scripture the, the, the power of this, the, the prince of this world or the prince of the power of the air. And so by, by coming, Jesus is reinserting, if you will, or, or, or reigniting God's kingdom in yeah. the world. And um, I think it was John Eldridge in one of his books said, Jesus' coming was an invasion into enemy territory. I yes, like I think that. you're right. I think it was John Eldridge yeah. said that. I like that. And, um, but this idea that, that the, reign, the kingdom of God, just like with kings in that day, is anywhere in the world or any place where the rule, where the, where the will of the king is obeyed. Right. Is imposed, if you will, and is obeyed. So it's it's any place like in the Roman kingdom, in the Roman Empire, Caesar couldn't be everywhere, but it in the farthest outposts of the Roman Empire, the will and the power, if you will, of and the rule and the reign of Caesar and of Rome was felt. Correct. That's right. They were that was something that they obeyed, and I think that's that's a good point. That the kingdom of God is something that we have, yeah, and it's the opportunity to. So God is in the process of restoring and renewing his kingdom in the world um, until the time of Jesus coming again when when the heavens and the earth, the new heavens and the new earth will make up the full and final kingdom of God uh, where his will will be obeyed completely. So again, that is a discussion for another program as well. But we are going to take a break at the bottom of the hour here. For the news, give us a call on SWAT Radio if you'd like, 844-777-7928. We hope you'll join us on the other side of the news on SWAT Radio. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A Secret Service agent fires shots in Georgetown. Jennifer King. Has the report. A law enforcement official tells the Associated Press Secret Service agents assigned to protect President Biden's granddaughter, Naomi, opened fire in the Georgetown neighborhood of Washington, D.C. when they saw three people trying to break into an unoccupied, unmarked Secret Service vehicle late Sunday night by smashing a window. The service says one agent fired shots but did not strike anyone. The suspects were seen fleeing in a red car. And local police have been asked to be on the lookout. The capital city has seen a 40% increase in violent crime compared to last year, more than 750 reports of carjackings and over 6,000 reports of stolen vehicles. Jennifer King, Washington. Also at SRNews.com, once again the clock is ticking toward a potential government shutdown. What else correspondent Greg Cluxton with that? Government funding runs out at midnight Friday unless Congress can pass another temporary budget. To avoid a shutdown, Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson is proposing an unusual stopgap plan that includes a January budget extension for some agencies and a February extension for others. Democrats are slamming the idea. The White House called it a recipe for more chaos. And even a few Republicans don't support the plan. Greg Clugston, Washington. The Pentagon and U.S. officials say the U.S. military conducted airstrikes 
on two locations in eastern Syria involving Iranian-backed groups hitting a training location and a weapons facility. It marks the third time in about two weeks that the U.S. has retaliated against the terrorists for what has been a growing number of attacks on bases housing U.S. troops in Iraq and Syria. Stocks remain mixed. The Dow ahead 39 points. The Nasdaq is losing 19 points. This is SRN News. This is Roger with The Truth Radio, and we're sending Bibles to the world. Here's Michael with the Bible League. She didn't grow bitter. She grew bold. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. When I visited the Middle East, I met 19-year-old Aria, who would describe herself as a devout Muslim. She said, I read my Quran. I said my prayers five times a day, but when they brought no peace, she accepted the invitation of a Christian friend to attend a Bible study. She would become a follower of Jesus, but her father, a radicalized man, beat her nearly to death, called the authorities to report her as an infidel. They took her to a remote cell where they beat her, violated her, even pulled fingernails from either hand, but when they let her go, she did not grow bitter. She grew bold and with others in her evangelical church there in Egypt. They have seen more than 300 come to Christ, but they're in a place where it's impossible to find a Bible. Roger? $5 cents a Bible, 100 cents 20. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-Y-E-S-W-O-R-D, or click the Bible League banner at ilovethetruth.com. There's major delays in Mandarin because of a crash on State Road 13. That's San Jose Boulevard southbound at Clare Lane, blocking two right lanes. Also, there's an accident on I-95 southbound between 8th Street and the downtown exits. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 62. Tuesday, cloudy and breezy, high 72. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Craig Henderson. Again, like we said, I don't want to talk over the music. I love those songs. And uh, one of these times, I'm going to just let it go for a minute or two. And, um, anyway, welcome back to SWAT Radio. We're glad you're with us. And uh, you can give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have any questions or comments on any of the uh, material that we're talking about, any of the scripture, any of the the lessons that we've kind of been doing a review here of Mark chapter 14 to 20, the first couple of uh, lessons on that, on on the kingdom gospel, uh, since it's been a little bit since we talked about those, and we're going to talk about the third element, uh, well, the fourth element really found in those passages, in this passage, where the first element that Jesus talked about when he said, when the Bible says he was proclaiming the gospel, is that the kingdom of God is at hand. And then after that, we just talked about that meaning the rule and reign of God, the euangelion, that that a new king uh, is here, the kingdom is here, and that the people 
uh, were to be subject to the rule and reign of God through through Jesus. Um, but he said, next, because the kingdom of God is at hand, the time is fulfilled, by the way. We kind of skipped over that. The time is fulfilled, meaning this great event on God's calendar, if you will, has come to pass, that, that the kingdom is here. Jesus is the kingdom coming into the world. Right. And, and then Jesus says, because of that, repent and believe in the gospel. And so we looked at, uh, we had a great discussion a couple weeks ago that, that I think Brian led on, on repentance, on what it is and what it is not. And we had some, uh, like I said, great discussion about that. Um, you know, it's not simply a change of mind about who Jesus is or a desire for new circumstances, right? I right. I was just reading the passage. Uh, our our pastor is doing a series on Mark. I guess I'm supposed to get a, a, a big dose of yeah, Mark here. God speaking to you, yeah. But uh, he was he was preaching on the well known story of Jesus uh, going into the to the other side of the the Sea of Galilee into the land of the Gerasenes, where where good Jewish boys did not go. And landing on a pig farm, essentially, yes. right, and oh. uh, and healing the man with all the demons. Uh, and it's uh, you know when Jesus asked, "What's your name?" that the demon said, "Legion, for Legion. we are many." And and he was talking about you know he doesn't know we don't know exactly how many, but it wasn't just two or three. Remember, he cast yeah. them into probably a couple thousand pigs. I was going to say a Roman legion is a thousand, isn't it? Six thousand. Six thousand. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't necessarily mean exactly six thousand on the button, but it was a lot. It was yeah. a lot, and just kind of getting into what that must have been like and everything. But um, anyway, it, that's the passage where the demons say to Jesus, "What do you want of us, Jesus, Son of the Most High God?" And we know that. In other places, it talks about that the demons believe and shudder. They right. they know they know who, who he, he is. is. That's right. Um, and so repentance is not just agreeing with who he is, because I think we can safely say that the devil and the demons have not repented. They know who he is. Though. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, they. Right. So, um, but that and repentance is not just feeling sorry when we get caught, which probably we've all happens experienced, a lot. Yeah, yeah. And that's right. It's certainly a valid. Uh, reaction um but it's a new life embracing the rule and reign of jesus over my sin and my life and and i like what doug said it's moving from self-rule to being under god's rule being under the rule of christ yes yeah it really is i thought that was a great way to put it and it includes a change of mind right recognizing my own self-rule and sin it includes a change of heart agreeing with God about the evilness of my own self-rule and sin and having a, a, a really an overwhelming sense of sorrow for both, right? Do we have a sense of sorrow that we've offended God, that we've offended his holiness, or are we just sorry because we got caught? I got caught, or, yeah. Or yeah. my circumstances are bad. And, and, you know, I'll be the first one to admit, I've, I've, I've definitely had that reaction before to sin. Um, oh, yeah. God has to change us, right? So that we have a sense of, do I really, do I really have a sense of sorrow because of who it is I'm sinning against? Right? It involves a change of direction, surrendering our self-rule for Jesus' rule, and trusting Him for forgiveness, which results in, in a changed life. And and you know, I think Doug made the point that there is no Christian life without repentance. Right. 
Yeah, we can't we can't continue down the same old path. We have to. Ch- you're right. It always changed direction, changed my life, changed my actions, yep. changed my heart. Yep. The word I think literally means do a complete turnaround. Right. It means you're going in one direction and you turn and go in the other direction. And as we say so often, we, we're not talking about sinless perfection. We're not talking about, you know, uh, repenting and then at some point sinning again because we all have that experience, right? But it means a change of direction that it's not the habitual you know, um, story of our lives anymore. Right. That, that we're not any different from the way we were before we knew Jesus, right? That's a great you know, the Bible talks us, calls us to self-examination, and that always brings me up short when I sometimes I look at myself and say, wow, that's sometimes not a whole lot different from how I used to be. And that's, that's, but again, I think the fact, I hope the fact that we think about that and consider <laughs> that as a result of the Holy Spirit being in us. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that, that change in direction is something that really is, uh, it, it is a heart condition that has to happen. You're, you're right. And then we talked about the final thing that Jesus said there. Well, not the final thing, but right in that section, he said, repent and believe, right? And so what is belief and faith, right? Uh, repent and believe in the gospel. And those words, repent and believe, are, are used together Yes, they, often, right. often. And uh, I, I've talked about this before. I think I used to have it backwards, right, that uh, if, I, if I believed and then I repented, God would accept me there right? it is. if yep. I did you that. You get the thumbs up or the the fire insurance policy, whatever it is, That's right? That's right. That's right. And and it's true in one sense that that is true. If we repent and believe, we we will be saved. But the impetus for repenting and believing starts with God, not with me. God has to give us a new heart, a regenerated heart, um, in order that we can understand and repent and believe. I I read that. I remember reading that once, and it really changed my thinking that repentance is a gift from God. It's not something we conjure up and, and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, right. but it's a it's a gift from God. Um, and, and, and really, believing means that we believe to the extent of complete trust and reliance, right? And it and it we don't. It's not just believing that Jesus was a was a man who was on the earth, and even believing that he's the the son of God, because like we said, the demons believe that, but it's, it's believing to the point where we have put our full trust and reliance for everything that we are before God in him. On him. That's right. Right. Yeah. That this yeah. idea that any, my righteousness before God is only because of Jesus. It's Jesus righteousness imputed to me. And so it's believing in all that the scripture says and teaches us about Jesus. Yeah, and it's it's reliance on him for everything, you know. Like I'm, we're, I think I was talking when we were at the break. You know, it's no longer like I get to decide my destiny or my fate. You know, the the devil doesn't try to convince us to follow him; he tries to convince us to follow ourselves. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. And and uh, and when when we when we truly believe that following moves from me to Jesus, hmm. you know, and it's no longer that I get to decide. Well, the, the last element here, as we get into verses, uh, and Craig, I want to make sure you have an opportunity because I know this is, you are very familiar with this part of things and taught on it this week, but the next section talks about Jesus calling the disciples for the first time, and that's the third imperative, which is 
to repent, believe, and then follow Jesus. And that's the that's the lesson we had last week in SWAT, and that's what we want to be talking about this week yeah. on the radio. And the term follow in, in Greek, he uses a term, it's a deute, D-E-U-T-E, which means come now. So it's not like, and I think I, that goes along with the repent part. I mean, this is, this is come now, mm. you know, when he calls us. It's not, and he uses several stories, you know, later in the Bible about the guy that wants to go bury the dead or, or wants to go say goodbye to his family or anything. And for Jesus, it is, it is come now, mm. come mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And so uh, we'll talk a little bit maybe after the break about why, do, why would we follow? What's our motivation for following Jesus? Right. And, right. and take a minute and kind of cover some of those components that, uh, that Doug had in his teaching about that. And, and, you know, that's another aspect of talking about the discipleship gospel or the kingdom gospel. That's another aspect we don't hear too much about these days. We don't hear too much about the kingdom. We don't hear that much about repentance and about sin. Right. And we don't hear much about following Christ. Right. And obeying him, right? Yeah. So we're going to talk about that, and it's such an important aspect of Jesus' gospel message. We're going to take our last break here on SWAT Radio. Give us a call at 844-777-7928. If you have a comment or a question, and we will be right back. Hope you'll join us. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. 
Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. The Florida Georgia Truth Network. The Jacksonville Beaches listen at 91.7. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Craig Henderson, and glad you're with us. You hear the Christmas intro music. Got to ask Doug if we have any of the chipmunk versions of like those songs. I don't know if he's got those on the list or not, but uh, yeah, we, we we would only have to play one of those once, and it would be enough. So yeah. anyway, we are talking about Mark chapter one verses fourteen through twenty. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, and we have been reviewing kind of the first uh, couple of lessons from that passage on the kingdom gospel that Jesus proclaimed the gospel as he came into Galilee after the arrest of John the Baptist. And he, he said that the kingdom of God is at hand. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent of sin, believe in the gospel. And now the third aspect here uh, of the third or the third imperative as a result of the kingdom of God being here is to follow him. And the end of that passage that we read, uh, Craig read earlier, deals with Jesus calling uh, the first disciples, James and John and Andrew and Peter, right? Uh, and what this means. And Craig, you you taught on this this week, and so let's get into. We don't hear much about following Jesus as an aspect or a, 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 an element of the gospel, so I think it's important that we go over that. Yeah, we will. And one one interesting point is that, um, you know, Jesus was in Galilee, which is really an area known for Gentiles and businessmen. And that's where he got, um, I guess, 11 of the 12 disciples came from the region of Galilee. Right. And and those four that we talked about, this was not, when we read about it in Mark, it's Mark retelling Peter's recollection of Jesus's life. And actually in the book of John, it does note that all four of those people were disciples of John the Baptist mm-hmm. and were, were present when John first met Jesus and said, behold, the lamb of God. Right. And so they had all actually n- met him and, kn- and had known of him um, before this time when he f- actually formally calls them into yeah. being his disciples. Yep. And I think that's a good historical context because when you read it, it looks like perhaps, and I always wondered about yeah. this, right? Just, Is this the first time they ever saw him and he just <laughs> kind of mystically walked up to them and said, follow me. And they all just dropped it. Yeah. Not that he couldn't have done that, yeah. but, but there was, as you said, a, a prior, they, some kind of relationship. They had spent time there, with right? him. Yes, right. exactly. That's exactly. Right. And, and of course they had the witness of John who they had been following, telling them about who Jesus is. Behold the lamb of God. That's right. That's right. So, that's right. So our, we're going to talk a little bit about what, why do we follow? What's our motivation for following Jesus? And um, the first, the first really is the recognition of our own condition. And, and there was a great, there's a great story in Luke out of chapter seven about mm-hmm. the. Uh, you, you may remember this if you're listening. Is the the sinful woman where Jesus is at, at a Pharisee's house, and uh, and she it knocks on the door and comes in and is the one who. Um, you know, weeps and wipes his, his feet with her, with her, 
with her tears and her hair and, and anoints his feet with oil, um, understanding her condition, mm. you know, and, and the Pharisee, probably like maybe a lot of us look at that and go, you know, don't they know what kind of woman this is, you know, and what, if Jesus knew who she was, he wouldn't be allowing her to do these things to him. Yeah. And, and Jesus, you know, talks about the things that she did. You know, he didn't do any of those in welcoming, welcoming Jesus into his house. That's right. And, um, and for all of us, you know, the reality is, and I think you talked about that. We're talking about that under the repent part is that we need to change. And it's the, it's the reality of even when we do repent and believe there are still, there are still dark spots in our life, you know, things that, um, that we, we just, we're all, we're all imperfect people. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, really the honest contrition about our sin is, uh, is a powerful part of why we come to Jesus because through him, we do receive forgiveness for those sins. Otherwise we don't, you know, and, uh, yep. And, you know, I, I know, you know, like many people, when I read the, the the story about that woman, how would I have reacted? I probably would have been more like the Pharisee, you know. If, uh, and we see other examples of that when, you know, the the I think of this story about Jesus being in the temple and uh, or being in the synagogue. I can't remember if it was in the full temple or in a synagogue. But I always like the fact that, that Jesus is always watching. He's always watching people. Yeah, that's and good use, point. And using things that happen that he sees as great illustrations, as great teaching points. And uh, the story of the Pharisee um, praying yeah, and making a grand showing of his prayer. And actually it records in scripture that he said, thank you that you have made me, me like. like this other guy, you know, and, and, and then by comparison, this, this other lowly person, you know, not even looking up to heaven, but, you know, beating his chest and, and, and really showing true repentance and true understanding of his condition, just like the woman in Luke seven, she understood. And, and, and the parable that Jesus tells the Pharisee in Luke seven is, I mean, one of the things that I think we forget and don't talk about enough, right? Jesus is the smartest man who ever lived because he's also God. That's right. (laughs) Um, And, and of course, the story, the parable he tells, if you will, to the Pharisee is perfect. Or the, maybe it's not quite a parable; it's an illustration, right? right. But I guess that's a parable. Um, where he says there were two men who owed a certain lender oh, money, yeah. and that's one right. owed five hundred denarii or whatever the standard was, and the other owed five, and neither could pay, and so the lender canceled both their debt. And, and who would love him more? And of course, the Pharisee said, well, I suppose the one who owed him more money. And Jesus said, yeah, you've judged correctly. And the point was, he who's been forgiven much loves much. And he who's been forgiven little loves little. Yes. And and the point of the story also is it's it's not the actual amount that we've been forgiven. Anyone who comes to God through Jesus is forgiven of the maximum amount of money from the parallel from the parable is 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 the higher amount we're all guilty of an enormous debt of sin that is beyond it's, our we can't we can't capability. there's nothing we can do to fix it right and right. so that when Jesus says he who loves much is forgi- uh, is forgiven much he who loves little is forgiven little the point is it's our perception of 
what amount do we have to be forgiven for that he's right. really getting at? And he's really chastising the Pharisees by saying, you don't understand that right. you're just like her. Yeah, you you're don't, in the same boat. That you don't understand the cost that is it would be there if you didn't make That's it. That's right. Yeah. Th- that the debt you owe is equal yeah. to, or greater maybe, but certainly equal to all of our debt in one sense is equal in that we are all deserving of God's wrath. That's exactly right. And I think that I think that that is such a only God can reveal that to us. We can't understand that on our own and that's, you know, again, you think about the average person today that doesn't know Christ, what would they say about motivation? Well, I'm why? Why do I need to believe in him and trust in him? I'm not that bad. Yeah, I'm a I'm a better person than that's right. somebody else. That's right. That's right. It's, so it's not a sliding scale. That's right. Yeah. So great, great points that you made there about that initial uh, motivation that recognizing the, the need for him because of our sin. Yeah. I think the other, another point here is that of Jesus authority and mercy, he's sovereign over all. And, and uh, we referenced uh, Colossians one. Yeah. Um, I can read that real quick. It's, 16 through 19. Yeah. Let me read that. Um, Jesus being sovereign, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Could you add uh, verse 22 in there? 22, sure. Um, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Yeah. And where he, by what he has done, we, we have been reconciled to God. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that's a, so it's, it's powerful that uh, he is sovereign over all. And, and the last part of kind of why do we follow, you know, is to think about, um, He's the only one who can bring peace in our chaos. Mm. We were talking about that earlier, you know, about just the, uh, the chaos of the, of the world around us and how it's just, it's impossible to find peace in the midst of that. Yeah. And, um, and he was the one, matter of fact, the last thing he said to the woman, uh, the sinful woman is that, uh, your sins have been forgiven, go in peace. Mm. And in our world today, peace is like the, one of the hardest things to find. Yeah. You know, there's studies that go on, and especially with social media and our isolation, you know, it's it, uh, like there's depression, there's isolation, uh, and, and people don't ever, don't have a sense of peace. Mm-hmm. And um, by, by taking, by following Jesus, you know, by repenting, believing, and following him, uh, that's where the peace can come in our lives uh, in a world that's just full of chaos. We, you know. I'm, I'm not real big on catchphrases, if you will, but I like that phrase, um, no Jesus, N-O, no Jesus, no peace, N-O. Right. And then the, the corresponding one, no Jesus, K-N-O-W. Yeah. No Jesus, no peace, K-N-O-W. And that's really what you're saying here is that and and what powerful motivation both those things are to to know that he is the sovereign god i mean that description in colossians yeah. doesn't leave anything out no there's no doubt there is no, no no and and also that 
the only way to peace with God is through, it's through Jesus. That's powerful right. motivation, right? Yeah. Well, Craig, thanks. Another hour gone by fast. Always appreciate you being here. Uh, trying to get our friend uh, Brian Andrew in here tomorrow. I, I just put him on the spot. Now he has to say yes. And uh, Brad will be back on Wednesday. Brad and I will be here for the rest of the week starting Wednesday. Glad you're with us. And we will continue to look at this aspect of following Jesus uh, as a critical element of the gospel. Thanks for joining us.